you know, there's all these stories about, you know, guys over in Macedonia who are running these fake news sites. Number 24 is Content Farms in Macedonia. Vidite ako se napravi greška, tako ki bude kobna, nema vraćanja nazad. So, Europe need to to remain more sexy lady in the world. Ajde, majkata! Gospode, čuva Macedonija i nizinite gregi. It is episode 150 of the Macedonian Content Farmers podcast, and today is Sunday, January 29, 2023. This coming Saturday is February 4, the 151st anniversary of the birth of Macedonian patriot and hero, Gotse Delchev. So you can see where we are going with this already. Bulgaria has not yet declared actual war on Macedonia and the Macedonians, but it seems to be moving that way, rhetorically at least. Far-right clown and member of the European Parliament, Bulgarian Angel Jamboski, continues with his inflammatory rhetoric, this time threatening not just his usual stupid statements that Macedonians are Bulgarians, but this time physically threatening the actual president of Macedonia. The accusations are flowing hot and heavy between the two countries, and the EU continues to dither. But it's not all Bulgaria in this episode. Dewey leader and former terrorist Ali Akhmeti continues to run much of the government in Macedonia, while his nephew is arrested for drug smuggling, continuing the family tradition. Arvind Taravari, leader of the so-called Alliance of Albanians, threatens that his party will not join the government of Sidisa and Dewey if the alliance is given the Ministry of Eating Burek. Give Taravari points for being a bit self-aware of the ridiculous of the current government and its many useless functions. And speaking of threats, U.S. Ambassador Angela Aguilar, also known as Jess Bailey 2.0, is again both talking about team sanctions out of one side of her mouth, while threatening Macedonians in general out of the other side of her mouth, stating that Macedonia must change its constitution. She continues the great tradition of U.S. ambassadors in Macedonia thinking that Macedonians are peasants to be pissed upon from the great heights on Calais. We'll discuss all of this and more on this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. I'm Jason Miko, coming to you from the foot of the Catalina Mountains in Oro Valley, Arizona. And this is Cvitan Chalimanov in Skopje, Macedonia. Svetin, it's 150 episodes. Um, I, I was meaning to go back and look at the actual date as to when we recorded episode number one, but, you know, mm-hmm. considering all of the, this is a, a niche podcast, obviously, and there's a number of other niche podcasts about the Balkans and and uh, various countries in the Balkans, maybe specifically, but I think a lot of those have just kind of gone by the wayside and um, and fallen off, uh, but we have endured. Yep. A lot of people uh, not not sure what our um, our uh, listenership is or anything like that because uh, we don't actually keep numbers on that. We don't read the comments either. <laughs> never read it's the not comments. The numbers, never... It's the quality of the listeners. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So uh, I know uh, we do know we have some some uh, quality quality listeners. So uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we we thought that this was would be an appropriate time. I mean, 150. Let's say Delchev's birthday is next week. Uh, 151st anniversary of his uh, birthday. Uh, he is buried there at the Sveti Spas in Skopje. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of stuff going on this week. Well, uh, the past couple of weeks, frankly, with uh, uh, Bulgaria accusing Macedonia of this, that, and the other. Uh, Angel uh, Zambalski, the uh, the Bulgarian MEP, who is was famously fined for giving the Nazi salute in mm-hmm. uh, the European Parliament some years ago. Uh, and on his, I just looked it up, on his personal webpage... Um, he has a picture of himself silhouetted, silhouetted against Lake Ochrid and Sveti Jovan Kaneo 
with mm -hmm. one word, Macedonia in Bulgarian, mm -hmm. of course. Uh, and so that should tell you what he thinks. He was in Macedonia recently, in Skopje. I was, I was there, and I, I wish I had yeah. run into him. I would have, um, I would have liked to engage him in a little bit of um, uh, SmackDown. Um, <laughs> and he was there for it was the anniversary of the death of Mara uh, Buneva. Okay, right. And, the assassination and... of Colonel Prilic, the Serbian colonel. Okay, right. Uh, so he he led a group there, and uh, he's threatening to come back, and he's threatening the president of Macedonia with physical violence, and um, the uh, of course President Stefan Panarovsky is threatened to declare him and other unnamed members of the Bulgarian government as persona non grata and not let them into mm. Macedonia next week. Uh, so there's lots going on. What what what's the latest that you hear on on uh, your side about this issue? I mean, yeah, this is the the worst escalation in Macedonian-Bulgarian relations in a very long time. Mm. At the verge of, you know, breaking off diplomatic relations after they withdrew their ambassador from Skopje and uh, extremely heightened rhetoric and actually also physical violence. We actually we, we never had actual physical violence with the uh, with the Greeks during our dispute with uh, over the name. We would always point this out. I remember when I worked for President Ivanov, this is something we would start off with. You know, as the, as disputes go, this one is, you know, if we don't count slashed tires and broken windshields when of mm. Macedonian cars going to vacation in Greece, there were no violent incidents. But this has now escalated into... Uh, okay, one person was beaten up... Uh, Mm -hmm. Badly, pre pretty severely. Uh, his name is Christian Pendikov from Ohrid. He is a young kid who was uh, actually active in Vimero. He was like a, like a young guy looking for a national cause. So he found Vimero initially and he was a Macedonian, outspoken Macedonian patriot on social media. But as we have discussed in this podcast uh, a number of times, as the Macedonian cause is now a defeated cause in its own country. People are put in prison for supporting it. Uh, you know, the, the we have a government of, you know, the Macedonians who don't really care about their national identity, plus all the Albanians put together. So ganging up on the Macedonian Macedonian party, like the pro-Macedonian Macedonian party. Uh, apparently he found a different cause and uh, he's now Bulgarian active Bulgarian supporter and was named the secretary of this club that was opened in Ohrid uh, a few months ago, the Tsar Boris III club. Mm -hmm. And immediately after the club was opened, Vamara and uh, Levitsa staged protests. Uh, there, the club was uh, once broken, the windows, I guess, once uh, shot at. Somebody actually fired from a pistol into the windows of the club, which is pretty severe. As well, uh, the club because the club is named after the Bulgarian king uh, during the, who was king during the Second World War, who allied with the Nazis, uh, got Macedonia out of this deal, most of it of Vardar Macedonia, and was king during the Holocaust. He prevented the Holocaust in Bulgaria, but he carried it out in Macedonia and in uh, northern Greece in Aegean Macedonia. So um, you know, it is we actually adopted even a law preventing banning organizations from being named after Nazi collaborators, specifically with this club in mind and the right. Vancho Mikhailov Club in Bitola, which was also 
set on fire by singer Lambella Bakovsky. So there is constant incidents around the club. They are under attack. The Bulgarian government says, listen, our minority in Macedonia is constantly under attack because look what they're doing to their clubs. And eventually, uh, like 10 days ago, this guy was badly beaten up by several other men. And now the, the Bulgarian government launched, uh, you know, went into freakout mode. They sent a helicopter, a plane to Macedonia. They evacuated him to uh, Sofia. He's now being treated there. His mother was also brought there and she's openly saying, I'm not coming back to Macedonia. We're under attack. We are expecting that Bulgaria will give us a job here. Uh, she was met with, uh, she met with uh, Boyko Borisov. Um, the kid would meet, would have pictures with uh, uh, Jambaski, with Karakachanovs. So he was apparently close with the Vemero the wing, you know, a party mm-hmm. in Bulgaria. And the mother is now, you know, endorsed by uh, uh, Borisov. Um, and, the, you know, turns out that the, the kid was still waiting for a Bulgarian citizenship. He's on the waiting list. Well, some of the attackers were Bulgarians, he already had a Bulgarian citizenship, even though they're all from Ohrid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there is, <laughs> some would say, like, listen, okay, this is, uh, like, so a Bulgarian citizen beat up a Macedonian citizen, and uh, <laughs> it's the <laughs> other way around. But, but okay, he was a Bulgarian activist. He was, at the moment right. of the attack, he was a Bulgarian activist. Our police comes out and says that uh, there, uh, it briefs the press and briefs the police-affiliated press, like the Sakam Dakajam news site, uh, which is close to this current government and to the police, but falls on the anti-Bulgaria, the side of SDSM, which is not uh, willing to accept concessions to Bulgaria. So they're briefing SDSM journalists, but the ones like Tanya Milovska, their their type, who who are not on board with uh, making concessions to Bulgaria, and they're saying, well, he was actually a drug addict. He was distributing drugs. We had him arrested recently for that. But I don't really buy this. Our police is notorious for planting. You know, this is the, their usual go-to way to discredit young people. If they, I mean, I was just, I was literally talking to some Vimera people before this who would tell me how the police is trying to plant drugs on them, to plant a drug record on them for being part of Vimero, so, you know, this would be something very typical for the for our police to do, to plant uh, evidence on him, to discredit him. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the, the, the police is defending itself by, by, by saying, okay, yeah, but, well, he was actually a Macedonian citizen, attacked by a Bulgarian citizen, and he was uh, actually, it was a drug bust, he was owed money for drugs, you know, all these stories, but, you know, in, in, in essence, he was unofficial in the Bulgarian club and he was beaten possibly because of this and uh, Bulgaria withdrew the ambassador it says it block it's blocking all bilateral cooperation treaties the veto is assured at this moment unless we not only amend the constitution but I don't know make something else something even more even grander mm-hmm. gesture now that's certain that will be vetoed uh, and the rhetoric is off the charts at the moment. Right. Wow. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I think the, the the next big thing, of course, is alluded to in the monologue is this Saturday. The um, uh, typically uh, delegations mm-hmm. go and visit the the gravesite of 
uh, Gotze Delchev, obviously the Bulgarians claim him as their own. Um, I think they put a little window dressing and say that it's, you know, it's all joint history, etc. But uh, joint yeah. history up until, what, 1944, and, and then you get your own history, yeah. you Macedonians. But really, of course, you're Bulgarians, as uh, as uh, Angle uh, Zambowski's uh, website kind of refers to. Um, do we, and we don't know if this, um, if the PNG, the persona non grata that President Pendorovsky is, uh, is threatening, if that's actually going to happen or not, correct? No, I mean, like, uh, last time uh, when uh, the Bulgarian Cultural Club was opened in Skopje, we had Kostadinov, who is the head of the Vazraždinia party, the other nationalist party, which is now actually taking the votes and supplanting Vemerov Benedes, the largest nationalist movement. He was in Skopje. I think Jambaski was as well. Mm-hmm. And But then it was Kostadinov's turn. He's, he made the statement like, Macedonia is Bulgarian, will be uni- unified sooner or later. This can't go on like this. Country will not survive without Bulgaria, blah, blah. And um, then Kovacevsky said, if I were Kostadinov and Jambaski, I would not come to Macedonia. So it sounded like he's threatening them, declaring them persona non grata, but he actually didn't do that, mm-hmm. which was, I remember commenting at the time, you can't tell them this because they will absolutely show up at the first occasion that presents itself in force and they will make you look like an idiot. And they absolutely did at the uh, anniversary of the assassination of Colonel Prilich by Mara Buneva, which is, you know... Uh, the Bulgarians have embraced Mara Buneva as their hero, even though she is from Tetova, a city not known for mm. Bulgarian <laughs> activism. And she killed the uh, uh, officer of the occupying force, of a mm. Serbian occupying force in Macedonia. But because of our history under Yugoslavia, it's not, not, it's not considered you know, cavalier to talk that, to, to say that the Serbs also occupied Macedonia. Only the Bulgarian occupation is considered occupation. So we have kind of shunned her mm-hmm. from our history books instead of elevating her as a hero, as well as shunning uh, Vlado Chernozemsky, who killed the Serbian king, Alexander, specifically for his occupation of Macedonia. So, of course, the Bulgarians embraced her. They made a huge gathering out of it uh, uh, at the river, at, at the Varda River uh, where uh, the assassination the, was carried out. On the K there, yeah. Yeah, I think somebody Actually, said, no, somebody from the ministry said, well, they're provocatively gathering in front of the ministry. Oh. Uh, they, they should be banned just for this. And, you know, this is the site of the assassination in 19, what, 28, I think. And the building was only built like a few years ago by Gruevsky. <laughs> well, if, if, if you if you if you want to be exact about it, they were gathering in front of Plaza de Toros. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> so, we're disrespecting Spanish cuisine, which is actually one of my one of my favorite hangouts there. But yeah. uh, anyway, um. it's also the Irish restaurant, the Cuban <laughs> restaurant. You can protest a whole bunch of political causes there. Exactly, <laughs> at the same location. <laughs> oh. Now, you know, of course, for both our Macedonian and non-Macedonian listeners, there will be a quiz. Svetin just named a whole bunch of names there, which nobody can keep straight, but <clears throat> which is names and history, obviously very important uh, to Macedonia and the Balkans. Mm. Uh, if, if we zoom out for a minute, and, and you mentioned the veto is a definite thing. Well, R- Ruman Radev, yeah. the president of, um, of Bulgaria, uh, socialist and uh, 
very closely tied to the Russians, which makes things even more complicated. Uh, he, he made a fine point, uh, a not too fine point, I should say, of, of specifically saying um, Macedonia hasn't even started <laughs> EU negotiations, which is correct, uh, because, yep. you know, Macedonia hasn't decided, uh, agreed to include Bulgarians in the Constitution because, well, for a, a whole host of reasons, uh, there hasn't been a national talk about it. Um, nobody has... Nobody in government was uh, uh, elected with that mandate to change the constitution yet again. Uh, the, Al- the ethnic Albanian leaders in Macedonia want to a- make other changes to the constitution if it's going to be opened up to include the Bulgarians. There's no talk about uh, reciprocity of Bulgaria actually including Macedonians in their constitution. Oh, and uh, there's only about less than maybe 3,000 citizens of Macedonia who have declared themselves as having a a Bulgarian consciousness uh, in the latest census, despite the fact that um, Bulgaria says that there's at least 100,000 as measured Mm -hmm. by the number of Macedonians who have taken out passports, which in Bulgaria, which only means that they're looking to get jobs in the EU, you know, who can blame them, et cetera. So it's uh, it's a hot mess. Um, uh, Yeah, it's... Well, I guess maybe we can kind of transition over to um, talking about the the, the um, Albanians and the government of Macedonia and early elections, etc. Miskolski of Vumano keeps calling for early elections. Uh, Taravari has said that there will be early elections if they don't join the the uh, government of Macedonia, but they don't want the mm-hmm. Ministry of Eating Burek, uh, which is kind of funny because yeah. I used to joke long, you know, in the 90s when I was there, the, the joke amongst uh, us expats was... Uh, regarding the government was that people would get the Ministry of Reading newspapers. Um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I like that. The Ministry of Eating Burek sounds even better. And I love Burek, by the yeah. way. Um, <laughs> so uh, so he's threatening that. Uh, he is, as I understand, and uh, you mentioned in our talk before we started recording, that uh, Taravari has met with uh, ambassador, U.S. Ambassador uh, Aguilar twice now. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. So... Um, so give us give us your you, you were talking the other day about your um, your thoughts on the whole um Kovachevsky Zayev um battle that's going on within Sidisa mm. and you pointed out that it looks like Zayev has lost this, correct? Uh Zayev, yeah, Zayev seems to be on the uh, way out. So the idea was that uh, Zayev wants to destabilize the government uh bring uh, Kovachevsky down and take over SDSM, take over, take back his party. Uh, after apparently Kovachevsky threatened to remove the Zayev affiliated members of the government, which are primarily the interior minister, the agriculture and the transportation minister. Um, but it's widely reported now that the U.S. government intervened directly, told uh, Zayev to knock it off. Because part of Zayev's plan would have been to, uh, okay, he would lose his party, would uh, he would collapse the government, but he wouldn't want to be in the opposition immediately. He would try to make a coalition with uh, Vimara. He would try to come back as a patriotic defender of Macedonian national interests and have a all-Macedonian coalition and uh, while taking back his own party with some minor... Albanian or much reduced Albanian influence in the government. And uh, reports are that uh, uh, the U.S. intervened to prevent this. 
while at the same time Mitskovsky is saying that, listen, we have members of parliament eager to bring down the government, but they're being blackmailed and threatened. So again, it's a repeat of his attempt to bring down the government, uh, uh, what was it, after the local elections, mm -hmm. uh, when one member of parliament was kidnapped and switched sides. That's right. Yeah. So, and now this is the same thing. He says, we had the votes again, but, uh, or we got close to having the votes, but they're being blackmailed, threatened. So he's practically acknowledging that the attempt failed. Uh, the problem is that, uh, okay, so the government says that we have until November to meet the Bulgarian demands, uh, to amend the constitution. After November, uh, we split with Albania. Albania continues its accession talks because it's not under veto by anybody, or at least this not is yet. how we are threatened at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Greece hasn't raised and their veto powers over over Albania for the various issues that they have, but that might happen. I mean, somebody will block Albania, I'm yeah. sure, but at the moment they're saying Vumero is blocking us. Vumero is not agreeing to this Bulgarian demand to amend the constitution. That's why Albania is going to advance, we will be stuck. ASDSM is even saying this is the first time we are blocking ourselves before this, which is ridiculous. I mean, but they're, they're saying uh, this is the first time we ourselves are imposing a veto on us. This, it's not Bulgaria's fault, it's Vimera's fault. Um, they, they're all out trying to pressure Vimera. Uh, and so uh, their thinking is. Um, they have a, a faction in East DSM. So Zayev is practically trying to leave the party and uh, bring down the, the leader. They have a very active, very loud faction in the Dui party, where the Skopje wing of the party try, is trying to defect from Mahmiti. They're not coming to parliament. They're not providing quorum. Nothing can get adopted in parliament. So it's a big problem for them. So they want to bring the, alterna the alliance of Albanians party uh, under Arben Taravari as their new coalition member. Mm -hmm. So this would mean all the Albanian parties are in the government except for Bisa, which was in the government but left. Mm -hmm. uh, and this would give them enough seats in parliament to pass legislation, even if the uh, even if a faction of Dui secedes, they would still have the votes, even if Zaev yanks several members of parliament this might paper everything over, but the actual, the, the, the big prize they're apparently looking at, which is what uh, we discussed last episode and which Kovachevsky confirmed in an interview a few days ago, uh, they, they actually want elections, so is the SMN Dui. Uh, they have been campaigning a lot this past uh, weeks. Uh, ISDSM were first organizing rallies across the country, which looked very much like pre-election rallies, and now uh, Dui is doing this. Uh, Ahmed is campaigning across the country, and his rival faction is campaigning uh, at the same time against him. Hmm. So everything looks like they're preparing for elections. Uh, so their thinking apparently is that, okay, Vimera wants won't give us the votes for the constitutional amendment. Vimera is demanding early elections. Um, hopeful that they will win, and, and they say, okay, then maybe after, at some opportune moment, bef just before the elections probably, we will have, we will accept the changes, uh, the, the constitutional amendments, 
I guess this is what they're saying to the Americans. Or they're probably saying, um, let's have elections, allow us to win. And then after the elections, we will vote for the constitutional amendment after we are given some kind of guarantee. Maybe we will have the, you know, the EU commissioner for enlargement, who is a Hungarian guy, Orban's guy, come and say, okay, now we will, you know, this is your guarantee that the name of Macedonia, <laughs> the, the, the language of Macedonia, the identity will be protected, that Bulgaria will not take it away from you. And then Vemera votes for this. This is, I guess, Vemera, the formula, the proposal Vemera is making mm. to the internationals. Let us come back to power. Uh, this is untenable that we have the Macedonian nation in the opposition while the, the Albanians run the country together with a small portion of the Macedonians. You know, this is not not something that can last for a very long time as a country, not to mention the corruption and the incompetence. Mm. But ISDSM now has a different plan. They, Kovacevsky is openly saying, no, now we want elections, and in these elections I will, try, I will make a pre-election coalition with Dewey, with the Alliance of Albanians, with the Alternative Party, maybe even with BESA. So ISDSM and all the Albanian parties together. And when you run in a pre-election coalition, this adds to your votes. I mean, you get more seats in parliament than if every party mm-hmm. runs independently. They hope that they will beat Vemera in this case, probably even get to, possibly even get to 81, mm. to two-thirds majority. I doubt it. But if they use all sorts of repressive tactics against the opposition and if the U.S. embassy allows this, even this might happen. So he's saying, I will eliminate Vemera, I will eliminate Zayev's faction in his DSM, and I will have a joint list with uh, all the Albanians, and this would easily be over 50% Albanian, so uh, practically one huge coalition, which Ahmeti is also talking about this, Ahmeti refers to this as a European coalition. <laughs> Ahmeti would eliminate his own rival faction in the party, so only... They will all is the SM, but Ahmed's faction, uh, sorry, is the SM Kovacevsky's faction, uh, Dewey Ahmed's faction, and these other Albanian parties would join forces and they hope to get to 81 seats. And they say we will then vote, you know, on the constitutional amendments, we will have legitimacy. So, this is apparently what they're planning in the coming months. Oh, okay, that, that's good, that's a great analysis there. Thank you. Um, and but uh, let me couple of points. So you got to be careful when you said that uh, Ahmeti would eliminate his uh, rival faction within his party. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anytime Ahmeti talks about elimination, well, we know that, you know, death is imminent uh, <laughs> because yeah. that's what he does. That's what he's good at. That's what he's always done. Uh, number two, uh, I don't think Kovachevsky is really thinking this through because if he brings in all of the um, uh, ethnic Albanian parties in Macedonia, save the one that Ahmeti kills, um, then... Does 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 he think for a minute that that the Albanians, you know, would they would have an immense amount of immense amount of power in government? They're going to demand mm. all kinds of things, like oh, I don't know, the prime ministership, uh, mm. uh, ministry of interior, uh, things that they have not had in the past. Uh, I I can see that happening easy, uh, at least them asking mm. for it. And what's Kovacevsky going to do? Because he's nothing but a lapdog to Akhmeti. Uh so he, he does what Ahmeti says at this point. Uh, and if, if that's the case, he's going to do even more. 
Uh, now, going back to what you said about, you know, Vomero's uh, plan, so-called thoughts or plans about, you know, that's their offer to the so-called international community. Well, that's a mistake in my mm-hmm. opinion because the international community doesn't give a damn about Macedonia or the Macedonians or Macedonian identity. That's always been true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's about self-interest is what it's about. So, and that's, that's, that's uh, you know, realpolitik. Uh, so Vomero needs to be thinking through that in terms of how do you make um, your own, so Vomero, Macedonian self-interest, how do you make that the self-interest of the internationals? And I'd have to sit down and think about that a bit. But, uh, you know, m- merely saying to the internationals that uh, if, um, you know, if this far-left coalition comes together and takes over and changes the constitution, etc., then, you know, Macedonia is going to cease to exist. Well, the internationals don't care. Uh, so th- th- they got to be re- rethinking that as well. Um, uh, so that's interesting. So, and right now, and I haven't done the, I think, Maybe for the next episode, we should we should do the maths, as our British friends say, and because I don't know how many each party has in their um, in Parliament right now, but I'd be curious to kind of do that, work out the numbers, and, and figure that out. I'm just curious, but it is a fact right now. Correct me if I'm wrong, that ethnic Albanian parties in Macedonia hold at least half the seats in uh, the government, half the ministries, yeah. and or uh, yeah. deputy. Yeah. So. Yeah, because the DSM has an Albanian member in the government, oh, right. and yeah. uh, and then a Serb member. So uh, Albanians are easily half of the government. And if you consider the depu- the seats of deputy minister, uh, for some reason, usually this would be if it's a Macedonian minister, it's an Albanian deputy minister, and vice versa. For some reason, much more of the seats are Albanian at this time because. Uh, SDSM needs to satisfy practically three Albanian parties at the moment, one Albanian faction of one party, and they're now considering adding a fourth, right? So, yeah. No, 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 two. Yeah. yeah. They, they have actually two large coalition partners. They're adding a third, and they have the DPA party as well. Mm. I, I'm sure they have some seats there. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a. Um, if we consider the deputy ministers, it we might be getting to three fifths of the government wow. or even two-thirds of them being Albanian. Wow. Now, oh, this just reminded me of something, and we talked about it in our last podcast when I was there in Skopje and we recorded. Um, so if Citizen is pushing for early elections, that means that the 100-day um, deal is triggered, which means that there will be an, mm-hmm. ethnic, Alba- an ethnic Albanian prime minister for the last 100 days of the government, uh, if that agreement and that was an agreement. Yeah, that wasn't yeah. a. Um, yeah, yeah. It wasn't a, a law or anything. So that was an agreement between yeah, the parties. Yeah. That holds. So, uh, yeah. W- yeah, one way or the other, uh, Macedonia is going to have an ethnic Albanian prime minister. And and frankly, you know, look, there's 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 nothing wrong with that in the long run, as long as the prime minister, whoever he or she is, no matter what uh, ethnicity, is fighting for Macedonia's interests. But mm-hmm. that is never going to be the case with an ethnic Albanian prime minister in Macedonia. Um, I mean. Bujar Osmani, who is the current foreign minister, sometimes he stands up for Macedonians, but generally he doesn't. Um, and I'm, when mm-hmm. I say Macedonians, I mean in the ethnic sense, not the citizenship sense. So anyway, um, that is something that we will obviously be talking about more and looking into more. Uh, let's, let's um, because the State Department is all, believes in transitioning, let's, talk, let's transition over to uh, uh, Ambassador Jess Bailey 2.0, also known as uh, Angie mm-hmm. uh, Aguilar 
who is the uh, current mm-hmm. U.S. ambassador. So in December, maybe it was November, um, she brought in team sanctions uh, to mm-hmm. uh, to Macedonia, and and uh, we can talk about Sveten, <laughs> the uh, the makeup of yeah. the members of team sanctions, if you like, mm-hmm. intent, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say them all. Um, yeah. And then, of course, uh, you know, they did their stuff, whatever they whatever they were supposed to do, and then they disappeared. Of course, you had Christmas, then New Year's, then Christmas, then Old New Year's. So um, I think she made a, a reference to it in a speech or a tweet uh, the other week that, you know, they're, they're, they are looking at uh, – they're, they're making a list and checking it twice, going to find out who's naughty and nice uh, mm. to see who they're going to put on their sanctions list. Uh, but then she also said – I think she was in Givgalia – uh, that Macedonia has to change its constitution, you know, which is just shadows of, yeah. of Jess Bailey. Uh, so on the one hand, you, you've you got um, team sanctions. Uh, and as we talked about several episodes ago, um, you know, is is that team sanctions designed to crack down on Vumero with the, the, the goal of pushing through the constitutional changes? Is it actually going to look at corruption within Citizen and Dewey? Um, is it going to look at you know the long-term corruption of Dewey because Dewey was born in corruption and remains in corruption and will always be corrupt because it's headed by people like Ali Ahmeti and Artan Grubi. Um, so that, I guess, remains to be seen. Uh, but as you mentioned and as I re- referred to a moment ago, uh, Taravari has gone to gone to, uh, to uh, uh, bow before her twice now. Um, I'd be curious. Does he go to Kale whenever... Uh, Actually, she went to uh, Gustavar, oh, to his own uh, wow. uh, stronghold and, you know, took pictures of her eating, uh, uh, I think, baklava <laughs> or uh, tulumbi or something okay. and uh, drinking boza, you know, mm-hmm. very, she, at one of the two meetings she went to him mm-hmm. and, you know, she, she, she actually, you know, we would expect things that are happening now to to be what she would be doing, like uh, trying to get the uh, to keep up PSDSM in power with the help of the Albanians, trying to get to 81 by hook and crook, uh, arresting members of parliament, blackmailing, etc. This is exactly what we would have expected her to do. She just surprised us, you know, when she said we have sanction team looking into current government officials. And then there was strong indications that she's looking into Dewey. Mm-hmm. So this was the, comp- the the strange thing. She was uh, making sounds that she's going against the pillars of the government. The SDSM and Dewey talking about going after current government officials and especially against Dewey. But now she's back into, into normal uh, mode. She's trying to get more Albanian parties to join the coalition, telling us we have to amend the constitution first. She's now saying that uh, there are only a few names that will be named for the sanctions, so it's probably she's, she's kind of like downplaying the extent of this um, crackdown. First, she said, you know, pervasive corruption, something needs to be done. This is unacceptable, and and now she's talking about uh, you know a few names only. Uh, it's possible that in light of this situation with Zaev, when she says I'm talking about current government members that. She's actually talking about Zaev's mm. loyalists mm-hmm. that remain in the government. So this might be, uh, you know, removing this faction, but trying to get everybody in parliament loyal, to remain loyal to the government, you know, to have members of parliament who are loyal to Zaev to give up on him and remain loyal to Kovacevsky. 
by, I don't know, maybe going after one minister in the government, like, let's say, Oliver Spasovsky, the interior minister, mm. to be made an example. And you, you, who knows, maybe she will support this idea that uh, ASDSM holds early elections and that uh, all the Albanian parties, including ASDSM, join forces in a pre-election coalition and that uh, they minimize Vumero and uh, practically solidify rule f- for, you know, this would be the end of Macedonia as a Macedonian nation-state. Mm. This would be, you know, this would be the final blow. This would be, well, I'll, it would be done. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll push back a, a little bit on that gently. I think among, between the two of us, and you, you, you tend to be a little more pessimistic at times. I, I try and, mm. I try and keep a little bit of sunny optimism uh, going. Uh, although I shouldn't have just said that because of my last article of happiness and hope. And uh, mm. I, I should keep a little sunny hope, not optimism. Um, optimism is just hoping is just thinking that things are going to turn out right hope actually hope actually requires um agency and and action and and mm-hmm. in, again going back to um i think it's ever in the past ts Eliot, there are no lost causes there are no gain causes meaning there are no permanent losses and no permanent victories uh so mm-hmm. if if your dark scenario plays out here i i would call it not the end but uh, a temporary setback and it depends on, you know, again, you know, Macedonians have got to, they have it within their power uh, to to um, take Macedonia back from uh, these uh, far left, uh, the far left politicians of Sidisa and the chauvinists of uh, the Albanian uh, leadership. And I always make that point. It's the Albanian leadership. I'm not talking about the ethnic Albanians who were citizens of Macedonia, but the leadership, they're chauvinists. Uh, it's Macedonians have that power to do that. It's just they've, they've got to get together and put aside their petty squabbling, get 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 rid of the tyranny of small differences. Uh, sometimes they're large differences, but a lot of it's the tyranny of small differences and, and get together and, and, and fight, and they can do it. Um, there are other things which I'm not at liberty to say that I think they should... Uh, I'm at liberty to say it, but I'm not going to say it. Uh, there are other things that could be done, uh, but... Um, that would uh, cost uh, quite a bit in terms of, um, uh, well, they've cost quite a bit. Let's leave it at that. So um, let's, let's pivot back uh, kind of where we started. We're at about, I think 40 minutes or so here. Uh, let's, let's pivot back to Gotze Delcha because that's, uh, hmm. again, this is episode 150. Uh, his 151st birthday uh, is this Saturday, February 4. Uh, it's going to be a lot of activity. Uh, it's Sveti Spas, which, uh, for those who don't know, Sveti Spas is on the uh, the other side of uh, the Vardar, uh, and uh, it's at uh, that's the church there, uh, and he is buried there. Uh, there will be delegations coming from the government, of course, uh, various Macedonian delegations. The Bulgarians want to send, uh, I guess, their own delegations. Um, but but Gotze Delchev is a is a um, historical figure. Of course, he was killed before the Linden Uprising, I believe in an ambush. Mm. He was a teacher, very important, because um, I know we've talked about that many times on these podcasts, about the importance of teaching your children about Macedonia's past and history and culture and things like that, because certainly if the schools aren't doing it, somebody else has got to do it. It's got to start at home with parents mm. and grandparents and uncles and aunts and older brothers and sisters. Uh, but yeah, Gotze Dutzov was a teacher. Assassinated before the Linden Uprising, uh, I think it was 
was it a full year before or a few months before? I can't remember. Uh, a few months. A few months before, uh, right. So before he, the uprising. Yeah, so he was not actually a part of the Linden uprising, but preparing for it. Nope. Uh, and, of course, the Bulgarians claim him uh, as their own. Um, and I suppose that's fine if they want to do that. But what they can't do and what they're trying to do and what they're insisting upon doing and what they're insisting upon the internationals do is force the Macedonians to agree that Gotsidelchev uh, was a Bulgarian. Um, and... That should be left to the historians and to the people. It's not for the government to decide. Um, but having said all that, and I was actually there last year during the uh, during his birthday celebrations, mm-hmm. um, but I did not go to Sveti's Pots. I was with a friend of mine. We were walking, we were walking on the Plostad there, and uh, and uh, said, "Let's go, let's go." And uh, my friend Andre said. Uh, no, we're not. Gonna, I'm not going over there <laughs> because, mm-hmm. because there was there was a lot going on then, and and he's a um, he's a, a person of um, has he has some a profile, so I, I understand why he didn't want to go there. But um, what can we expect? I mean, uh, I'm not sure if Bulgaria will be sending an official government delegation in this environment in this uh, atmosphere. They, uh, there is an announcement from the nationalist leaders that uh, they cannot be prevented from coming to visit the Gotsodelchev's grave and that they will pl- plan to organize several hundred people like for the Mara Buneva mm. honoring uh, a few months ago, uh, that they will try to come to the church. And now there is an announcement from Vumero and Livica that they will organize night watches, that they will have people at all the time I guess since the night before, at uh, around the church, and you know, in the past we would have like we would have an official Bulgarian government delegation, and then some of their activists would come, but kind of like scared if they get attacked, so they would like try to take an opportune moment when nobody is looking to pull out a Bulgarian flag from a from a, a backpack and then wave it a little, take a picture, and then uh, you know pack it up and leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, this time, you know, both uh, there will be Macedonian, like they call themselves guards of honor, who will wait for uh, something like this, mm-hmm. and I assume react. Uh, and uh, there will be Bulgarians in an organized attempt, in a much larger number, I assume, moving as a group, trying to come to the to Gotsodelchev's grave. And uh, yeah, this is practically an announced incident. This is now... Practically, uh, the, uh, Pendarovsky even convened the meeting of the Security Council for this specifically, um, because he says that he expects incidents to happen uh, on this day, and that uh, this would be something that will, you know, if something happens, this would be the end of the uh, EU enlargement process. If there is a serious fight, we had a fight nearby, just above the church, between Macedonians and Albanians. Uh, uh, years back over Gravesky's attempt to rebuild a church in, uh, on the Kale Fortress, which uh, Albanians as Muslims didn't took kindly to. So this wouldn't be the first time we have a, a fight at this location, but this would be the first time with Bulgarians. It just tells us how badly things have progressed. I mean, before that, you know, Maybe 20 years ago, there was one incident when Bulgarians were beaten when they tried to, to set up a club 
honoring Gvancha Mihailov, uh, close to where to, to the Marabunava assassination site, uh, the assassination she carried out also on the Varda River. Other than that, you know, like there would be shouting at some instances, but gen- generally we know that Bulgarians come to honor Marabunava. We know the day, but there is usually no trouble. So this is this is how badly things are deteriorating at the moment. So we are practically having both sides announcing incidents, uh, and the Interior Ministry still hasn't declared whether they will ban the Bulgarian groups from entering the country. I assume they're under pressure by Bulgaria not to ban their citizens. That uh, you know, part of the agreements that we have signed on to is that we have to allow the joint honoring of historic figures. Bulgarians say, listen, we gave you Gotza Delchev's body. He was in Sofia. He was buried in Sofia. This was like a grand gesture of goodwill on our part. At the time, under uh, Georgi Dimitrov, before, uh, well, Bulgaria actually acknowledged Macedonians as a separate nation in a hope that, you know, there will be a joint Balkan uh, federation so that practically there will be a Macedonian statelet which would be friendly to them. They did not envision, I assume, a uh, Serb-dominated Vardar Macedonia, so they were practically even maybe considering giving away Pirin Macedonia, mm. but in exchange that the future country is friendly to them, not hostile. So they gave us Gotza Delchev's body to, uh, as per his wishes, that he rests in the capital of the Macedonian state. Now they're saying we want him back. This is Absolutely not what we imagined would happen. Mm. Uh, there is, on our side, there are like, this is the worst maybe. We have uh, uh, Borian Yovanovsky is out now saying we should have the body, you know, Gutsa Delchev would have wanted uh, the body to rest in the capital of a proper European EU <laughs> member state, not like in, in light, in uh, alliance with his cosmopolitan wishes oh. that he was not a national. This left-wing imagining of Gotza Delchev that he was like citizen a, of the world. above it all. Yeah, citizen of the world. Yeah, figure. exactly. Yeah. Jesus he was Soros before was, Soros. Yeah, he was a teacher, but he was a fighter. He was a military organizer. Right. He was a guerrilla commander. He would kill people, kill the Turks, and organize military units for the purpose of liberating Macedonia. And <laughs> we are now trying to paint him as Mahatma Gandhi. For this is, oh. But... This is in line with their thinking. They're also the left is also trying to lay the blame on uh, Vimero because uh, you know they're going after their usual trope. All the Vimero people are secretly for Bulgaria. They have Bulgarian passports. They have div- uh, dual loyalties. Uh, even though at the moment, obviously, Vimero is leading the verbal fight with uh, Bulgaria and. Uh, uh, so yeah, the left. This this is the the point that the left is trying to make. They, they are the ones whose policy has backfired so spectacularly. They told us we signed treaties with Greece and Bulgaria. We show, uh, we give them an inch, and then they will be satisfied, and uh, they will let us join the EU and NATO, and there will be no more blockades, and we'll uh, live happily together uh, ever after. And we're having a complete disaster of their Prespa style policies, of Zav's policies, but now they're. And and the concessions they are forced to make are especially, you know, uh, painful for their pro-Serbian, pro-Yugoslavist base, which grew up on a on a 
diet of, you know, Bulgaria is the enemy, we fought the Bulgarian fascists, we liberated Macedonia against the Bulgarians, blah, blah, blah. So it's, this is what, this, what is destroying is this DSM at the moment. This is what's actively creating factions in this party. And now they're trying to spin it all like, um, we discussed this last time, obviously, Vemera people as more blue collar will have more Bulgarian passports because they want to go to Germany, they want to live there, they want to work there. So they are, uh, SDSM is pointing to this kid who was beaten up and say, look, evidence that all Vemera people are, have dual loyalties. And uh, in, if we honor historic figures, we should honor them as nullities ethnically. They're nothing and everything. Uh, well, he was not Macedonian, he was not Bulgarian, he was a human being, first of all, why don't you understand that? <laughs> this is what they're coming at us, <laughs> and it's so stupid. <laughs> and and the, the point is that we had actually decent relations under Gurevsky when there were, you know, reasonable nationalists on their side and on our side, we agreed to disagree, and nobody could gain, could score easy points by bullying the other side, humiliating the other side. And there were no open fights. We had a balance of nationalism. Two nationalist positions would push against each other. And, you know, Gruevsky would accept people like Todor Alexandrov or Boris Sarafov, people who were shunned, who were given away by the left in Macedonia because they were anti-communist. And uh, they, would, they would be shunned as Bulgarians, pro-Bulgarian. I'm not, not, not so much on Mara Buneva, but I don't actually remember if we had this discussion under Gruevsky. We stopped short of embracing, endorsing Vancho Mikhailov because he was part of the Croatian Nazi regime. So, you know, you could say he's a, he was a neo-Nazi guy. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, not neo-Nazi, Nazi-Nazi <laughs> guy. <laughs> but I'm not sure if we, if we settled the Mara Buneva issue. Mm -hmm. uh, it shouldn't be controversial. I mean, we should be able to honor her. Uh, but uh, under SDSM, they started giving away chunks of history under the theory that this will make our relations with our neighbors better. And in fact, it's only whetting the appetite of our neighbors at the moment, Bulgaria. If Bulgaria eventually stops this, uh, you know, declares it satisfied, reaches some kind of a deal, then it will be Greece back again, back at it. Greece is only quiet because somebody else is exactly. carrying out the picking up the baton. So yeah, this is a complete disaster of their policy, yeah. of their foreign policy. Of their, and and the person who signed the treaties, Nikola Dimitrov, is the first to say this, <laughs> which is the, the funniest, the most ridiculous thing. So yeah, this is what's happening, and there this and this is how they're trying to spin it. Oh, actually, it's not us; it's Vemero, it's the Russians. Oh yeah. They blame Russia for all of this. And, uh, yeah. This is... <laughs> yeah. R Russia can be blamed for a lot of things, but not this. Uh, so, uh, just as the U.S. State Department can be blamed for a lot of things as well. But, yeah, that, that, that's a good summary. And in, in, in just to sum your summary up, it's uh, this all started uh, because a couple of Macedonia's neighbors think that Macedonia and the Macedonians don't actually exist. Full stop. Mm. And so... Yeah. The, uh, the enlightened men and women of the State Department, to, along with their uh, colleagues in the European Union, and uh, have decided that, well, um, be because Europe is supposed to be whole, free, and at peace, how's that looking these days? Uh, yeah. 
because Europe is supposed to be whole, whole free and at peace, uh, then, uh, by God, we're going to make it whole free and at peace, whether it wants to or not. Uh, and so yeah. for the people of Macedonia, that means giving up your identity and your name and everything else. So, um, and this is the result. It will be at peace after the nuclear exchange, which is coming. <laughs> it may. You never know. Uh, yeah. kind of, but like my plastic surgeon always said, if you got to go, go with a smile. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, folks, that's a reference to the first Batman with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson in 1989. Classic. Go back and watch super it. Old. Oh, yeah, but it's a classic. So Very old. Yeah. But, uh, anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, we're running along here. Let's. Um, we, we keep saying we're going to do this more frequently. We kind of got out of the habit uh, for a while, but at least for the next several months, I know I'm not, I don't have any real big travel plans, so I'm around. We can, mm. we can make a point of doing this once every if not every week then every two weeks or something but certainly after um the events of this uh, saturday february 4 and of course mm -hmm. we we, yeah. we we don't want to see violence we, we we hope that people uh that want to protest protest calmly and peacefully uh violence is not the answer here so um uh, but yeah, use your rights to a free speech. Well, whoa, wait, sorry, there is no free speech in Europe. Um, so, uh, <laughs> uh, well, do whatever you're going to do. So, um, <laughs> don't do we anything will... we wouldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Well, let's catch up again after um, after, after the fourth the scheduled incident on the fourth. <laughs> exactly. All right. Good okay. talking to you, buddy. Yep. You too. Take care.